Mics are on. Mics are on. Between your gum and my braces. <laughs> Scrubbing in with Becca Tilly, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hello, everybody. It's been so long. Too long. It's been a long time because I was out of town and a lot of people didn't think they were getting a podcast this week. But guess what? They are, and it's TGIT. <laughs> Tawny and I are currently wearing our T-shirts that uh, have Meredith and Christina on them, and they say, you're my person. Yeah. We have matching shirts on. Uh, but I do have to say, this was really sweet because last, I think it was last Can, Thursday. We have to address your list. <laughs> Tanya got Invisalign. I got Invisalign. Hasn't quite mastered how to talk with her Invisalign. They said a week. It's been a week, and (laughs) I still have the list. So I'll just take them out for now. Hold on. Okay. Oh, wow. Have you seen Date Night where she was on full water? (laughs) So much drool. Wow. It's fine. Um, So I was, I texted, I think it was last Thursday. Yeah, it's it was. Fun. It was last Thursday. And I was like, Becca, do you even love me anymore? And she this like, every yeah. this by the way, this happens every day. Don't act like it was like a one time thing. Yeah, but then I went over to her house and to watch Grey's Anatomy. And guess what she pulls out of her little room for me? <laughs> this t shirt. It was really sweet. Because she clearly had thought about that before. It didn't just show up. Besties. Yeah. It was really sweet. It was just like a reminder of even if I'm not texting you 24-7 or wanting to hang out 24-7, I still love you and you're one of my best friends. Very nice. Um, How about that Grey's Anatomy? Oh, first of all, we didn't talk about the first one either. Like, we kind of skipped over for whatever reason, just didn't recap. Yeah. Grey's Anatomy, since it's been back, has been on fire. Fire. I love it. Love. I was really hoping it'd make this kind of comeback. I think they wanted to try and see if they could keep it light at the beginning of like the season that was their plan. And I think they realized it was not not, no. not being received very well. What do you think, Mark? Are you into it? I'm into it. I love I love all April storylines. You know, it's certain characters. Yeah. April I love. Yeah. yeah. Others I don't love as much. Right. But April, anything about April is great. Yeah. Um and this week's Bailey, and I also really like Bailey. I know. Okay, so the whole um, April thing, a lot of people tweeted us about it because they were like, you know, Mm -hmm. being that you're, you know, a Christian and like that's kind of her storyline. What do you think about that? And I actually found it really interesting because I do think there's a lot of times where like you are when you're a Christian, it's like you rely on your faith. You rely on your faith. Where's God? Where's God? And he's right there. But then there's times where things like whatever she was dealing with, it was like, where is he, though? Mm -hmm. Like, why is nothing's going right Everyone died. Everything bad is ha- like as she was recapping what happened. Right. And I think that that was a very re- I don't know where they're going to go with it. But I thought it was an interesting storyline for them to take on. Yeah, because I mean, nobody has like a perfect walk of life. You know what I mean? There are moments where there's peaks and valleys, you know, and you're going to. The peaks or the highs, the valleys or the lows. Okay. Like, <laughs> you're going <laughs> to hit those times in life where it makes you question a lot of things. I do. I do think it was really real. And um, I really liked it. Like, I really liked Yeah. My only critique of last week is I wish they hadn't, spoiler alert, killed Matthew <laughs> Morrison. So, and it's like, I, I was kind of excited about like a trial or like, you know what yeah. I mean? I kind of wish that would have lived on a little bit more. They could have played that one out longer. Yeah. For sure. I mean, but. I'm wondering if, uh, what's the girl from One Tree Hill? Joey. Bethany Joy Lenz or whatever. Mm-hmm. If she's going to stick around and be part of the show or if she just But like now stint. I don't care about her anymore. I'm like, okay. That's what I'm saying though. Yeah. Like did they just bring her on for those few episodes. I don't know. But I'm just really happy that it's back in action and yeah. like, and I thought, I mean, last week actually tackled a lot of like hard issues. Like the... Um, police officers and Bailey and Ben having to give the talk to their son. It's like, for us, like we can't even relate to that because it's like, wow, they thinking about, they really do have to have those conversations with their kids. kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was Um, really, really, yeah. It was a really real episode. Yeah. It was an eye opener. Yeah. Um, What happened? I mean, there's a lot that's happened that we were going to discuss. Well, let's, can we start with Becca? her date yeah yeah okay so i don't know if he'll listen so i'm like hashtag hashtag hope he's not listening yeah hashtag hope he's not listening um he was really sweet really cute we were gonna go salsa dancing Mm. after we got drinks but it ended up not happening because he was training for like a spartan race 
And so he and his friends had gone on like a long run. And so they all like could barely move. So we didn't do that, which I don't know if I could have handled that on a first date. And I got like, I had two, like two drinks at dinner and I kind of got tipsy. So I'm like, I don't know. I'm a lightweight now. And, um, but it was really good. We had good conversation. We, he was, I was very attracted to him. Oh. He's hot. Yeah, he's hot. But And I would definitely go out with him for a second date. But it wasn't like, oh, my gosh. Like, this is my person. Like, this, right. is, this is him. That's and, putting a lot on a first date, though. Isn't it? Well, I don't know. I, a lot of my friends are just kind of like, I just knew. Like, there was just something that I felt that first time. That's that what they say? Him. Like, I have a lot of friends that feel that way about their... Uh, either their husband or whoever they But I think if you don't feel it, you can't disregard it. No. Or right. him. Well, that's why I was, we actually had this conversation. I'm like, is this just my personality? Like, am I ever going to feel like that instant? Because I'm always so just like, whatever about everything. Yeah. And everyone's like, yeah, you will. And you're going to know because it'll be such a change from what you felt already that when you do feel it, you're going to be like, whoa. Like, but what like, was everybody's that? not you. Do you know what I mean? I know. You're very unique. I know. In a, the best way possible. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I, mean, I don't know. You have a lot of, I don't know if it's walls, but there is something I know. there. I don't really know what it is either. But, so I'm not sure you will feel that right away. Right. But once he kind of gets through your eggshell, yeah. then I think you will feel it, whether it's yeah. him or someone else. But I I haven't really like had a huge desire to like talk to him. Since. Yeah, that's not great. <laughs> that's not like good. if you had to if you had to like rate it on a one to ten, it was like a um, just like. A six, seven? It's pretty solid. That's a good... And you were attracted to him, which yeah. to me, that's big because like, yeah. I, so many dates, that I was a little tipsy, and but if he had kissed me, I would have totally been down, but I wasn't into it enough that I was going to make the first move. Yeah, but also, I think if, if you're not like really wanting to see him again, I also don't think that's a great sign either, to be honest. I, th- I think a second date, though, would be a good test of... Let's just say feelings. I'm not opposed to a second date. It's because it's, it's going to go one way or the other, or it's going to stay the same. Those are your three options. If it gets worse or stays the same, okay, maybe you're right. But it might there might be something there. I feel like there could be something there. Oh, that's very helpful. I yeah. appreciate that. But the <laughs> fact that you have been open to kissing him, that's a very that's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just like you a didn't want to jump yeah, yeah. on him, but <laughs> I'd kiss probably anybody right about now. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, Tanya. First of all. <laughs> We had a look at the magician last night on Instagram. <laughs> oh, yes. And I happened to find a picture where he was like doing a card trick. <laughs> and I was like, this is everything I hope for and more. Like, <laughs> he pulls out his cards on their date and takes it really seriously. But I'm just, oh. What? Uh, my what lips happened? just touched the microphone, and I just remembered somebody else's lips on this microphone. And I just got really grossed out. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna need to wipe this down. Do you have, Easton, do you have lice all over there or something? Um, <laughs> sorry, uh, I'm at the point now where I am not saying no. Like, why not? I'm just trying to be open. No, I mean, I he's cute too. Like, I feel like you'll have fun with him. Well, is yeah. this ever happening? Because it's been a few weeks. We've been talking about Yours, it now. Your mic's fine. Okay. Well, Go ahead. Go, give it a good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Ooh, I'm like grossed out. Just leave it there. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, when is the magician happening? So, okay, that's the problem. And you can back me up on this. There's a friend of mine who's like casually mentioned at this birthday party. Like, I have this friend. You guys would be such a great to set up, you know, blah, blah, blah. He's a magician. You know, I was like, great. I'm totally down. I followed up with her that next week. And she's like, okay, I'll check in on it. I followed up with her again. I don't want to be annoying because, like, she's offering yeah. to set me up. So it's like I can only do so much. You know what I mean? And it's like, do you really want to act like you care that much about totally, this date? Totally. <laughs> so I'm like, I need to, like, let her kind of take the reins. Like, I don't want to keep yeah, being, like. Yeah, it's in her hands now. Yeah. She doesn't realize how many hundreds and thousands of people are invested in this date. <laughs> <happening. laughs> yeah. Ryan's, like, chomping at the bit. He's like, when's this magician date happening? Ryan Seacrest. Yes. And I'm like, I don't know, but I can't be desperate and keep asking her. He's like, we need it for the show. Yeah. <laughs> this and is not like, about your personal life. Yeah. We need the content. <laughs> yeah. And then the matchmaker was a total bust. The what? Matchmaker, remember did I tell you? I was a bust? Oh, wait, what happened? So th- we haven't talked about that. Yeah, I actually forgot to tell you this. So it's like so great. You know, I meet with her and she's asking me what I'm looking for and I'm telling her all these things and um, 
And uh, so she starts kind of explaining how the whole thing works. And she's like, okay, so usually people do a six-month package. It's $6,000. And I was like, yeah, not happening. <gasps> that is not the extra nine ninety nine that uh, Hinge throws at you. <laughs> totally. I was like, I have a hard time paying for any dating app. Like, I'm like not playing six grand to be set up with a matchmaker. So like... that was... Such a bummer. Wow. Because I was really excited about that. Yes. I was Can we super... start a GoFundMe for Tanya's <laughs> no, uh, I wouldn't even want anybody <laughs> no. to pay six grand for what that. Like, I can't. But this is like people hit you up from like high school or college. Like, oh my gosh, it's so nice to hear from them. And then you get together with them and like, okay, so I'm selling these Amway products. Like, yeah. oh no. Oh. Yeah. I was actually really bummed. Because that's, yeah. Yeah. Man. Now I'm back at square zero is that a thing square zero for you it is a thing yeah <laughs> yeah you we both live at square zero but, tanya got great news today what on your instagram you got a follower that you didn't notice was there oh yeah this is big news guess who follows me tim tebow <laughs> oh that would no, be that would be great that would be epic although Ooh. i did tell the matchmaker that's my, my, my dream um big sean Oh, wow. Yeah. What about Big Sean? I think he's dating Jean Aiko. Is that her name? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Jean Aiko? Jane Aiko? Janae. Janae Aiko. Oh. I think he's dating her. If he's not, holler at your girl, Big Sean. I mean, he I knows. love him. I, I love him. I know. You genuinely love him. You can rap his songs. Not even that. Like, he's uh, has such a beautiful heart. Like, he's a good, good person. Janae has a tattoo of Big Sean's face on her. Oh, shoot. That but, seems like it's forever. Who knows? That seems long term. Do you think he got the tattoo after he met you and you showed him how well you rap his Beast Mode song? Maybe. I don't know. But he's still watching your stories. Yeah, that was... It was he very, watches your stories? Oh, I was like, this is so exciting. I was like, Big Sean's watching my stories and he doesn't even follow me. And then I go to his page and I was like, oh my gosh, he is following me. This is very exciting news, actually. Yeah, I love Big Sean. Um, so I went to Hawaii. That's why I was absent. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was my first trip really leaving Phoebe for a few days and my sister's watcher. But, um, bef- right before I left, we got, she got a package in the mail from Bart Phoebe Box. did? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it Phoebe was addressed getting... to Phoebe. That's so cute. Oh. Phoebe she, Tilly or just Philly? I think Phoebe. it said Phoebe Tilly. Oh. And it was, um... She had like a cocky attitude after she got it. Like I noticed the change in her uh her swag, <laughs> her demeanor, yeah. Um but yeah, it was from Barkbox and Wait, that's so cute. Yeah, so I actually when I opened it, I didn't know I haven't gotten one because I've never had a dog, but I didn't know. I thought it just came with like treats and food or something, but it had three little toys in it that she is obsessed with and I hadn't really bought her anything because everything was too big for her to chew on but they like made it all her size and um they did send treats it was like all natural treats which she needs because we feed her beef and rice yeah you feed that dog well yeah but not necessarily healthy (laughs) um so BarkBox is a monthly box it's like a subscription box of goodies sent right to you or your dog every month um, they pick the best all-natural treats. They have toys to match the dog's unique needs, including allergies and heavy chewer preferences. So t- oh. Phoebe's teeth are so sharp right now, so she'll try and bite my hand, and it's not like... It is playful. She's being playful, but it hurts really bad. Oh, yeah. But she went with my nose one night. <laughs> oh, that was dramatic. <laughs> she was, like, licking you. Um, but if I squeeze her toy that they sent me, she'll get distracted and go chase it. So it's literally saved my hands. Um, but each monthly box has a theme. So they have the country fair, the bark ball, Poo York City, and Brooklyn. Poo York City. That's so cute. (laughs) And, um, Brooklyn hipster (laughs) and then others. Um, and if they don't, if your dog doesn't like something in the box, they'll send you something they love for free. Oh, that's nice. I know. It's so cute. Phoebe actually loves all hers. Um, so we haven't had to do that, but it's very easy. You tell them how big your dog is and then you choose a plan. It's free shipping in the continental U.S. and then you can cancel anytime you want. Do you know what I think your parents would enjoy if you sent one to the dog you got them? Oh, I should. Callie. Mm-hmm. Brooklyn hipster. I think. Maybe, that- I don't know. I love Poo York City. I think it's like monthly though. I don't think you choose. Oh, got it, got it. I don't think so. I'll have to look into that. Wait, they named her Callie? 
Yeah. From she's Grey's from Anatomy? No, because she's from California. Oh. <laughs> double meaning. Double entendre. Um, Is that what that means? <laughs> no. Okay. Like, where do these things just come from? You just hear, it's like you have, it's like Joey when he has the word of the day toilet paper on Friends. Totally. Just like, he uses it. Um, And right now, if you go to BarkBox.com slash Becca, you can get a free extra month of BarkBox when you subscribe to a six to 12 month plan. So it's pretty awesome. I'm super excited for Phoebe and myself. I just got to keep her grounded, you know, yeah. not let this get to her head. Keep her humble. She, yeah, she's got to stay humble. Um, so once again, that's BarkBox.com slash Becca. Okay, so um, a few weeks ago, I don't know if y'all remember, but we read this email and it was about um, this woman who was in a, who's married and she they were having um, sex issues or intimacy issues. And so we got someone a sex expert on the line to help out. And I wanted to read her the email because we weren't really able to give her the advice we need as Tanya and I are not in the place to give any intimacy. Barking up the wrong tree. (laughs) Bark, bark. (laughs) Um, So we we brought in an expert to help with this. So we have Kim and is it Inami? Uh Hi, Kim. How are you? you? Doing great. Excellent. Thanks. We're so happy to have you on. Like I said, we um, are not the people to be giving any advice or um, any help, self-help on sex or intimacy issues. So I'm glad that we have an expert here now. <laughs> Lovely to be here. Um, so can you briefly explain what you do for all of our listeners? Like what, how you're an expert and then I'll read you the email that we got. Sure. So I'm a holistic sex and relationship expert. And so what that means is that I help people to uplift and optimize their sex and relationships in holistic ways. And so I help them try to find the root cause of what's going on for them without just using a quick fix band-aid and really uh, amplify the power of their sexual and intimate relationships so that they become each other's power sources. Wow. Okay. So um, I'm reading your bio and um, you have a viral hashtag. (laughs) I do. It's hashtag things I lift with my vagina. (laughs) What are some of those things? I've lifted furniture, like chandeliers, coffee tables, pumpkins, green coconuts. This sounds extremely kinds painful. Of tropical fruit. No, it's not. It's totally recommended and normal to exercise your pelvic floor. So it's like Kegels, except that a proper way to do a Kegel, the way the actual Dr. Kegel invented this exercise, was to use weights. So just like when you go to the gym and you train with weights versus just, you know, moving your arms and legs around in the air. If there's no resistance, you don't build muscle. So obviously people build up to the point where they can lift heavier objects. They start very slowly and carefully, and you build strength and articulation and sensitivity in the vagina, which increases your libido, your orgasmic potential, and you can even control the enjoyment of your partner. I mean, this is fascinating. And I'm also wondering, how did you know... How did you know you could lift something without it this doing talent. permanent damage? <laughs> yeah. It's just like you wouldn't go and bench press 300 pounds, right? You would right. start very slowly with what you know you can do, and then you build up as you go. Okay. Well, I guess that makes sense. Okay. So I'm going to I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna um, read this email to you, and I want to get your advice on it. Sure. Um, so it's from Michelle, and she says, Hey, Becca and Tanya, my husband and I have been married for a little over a year and a half and just found out we're eight weeks pregnant with our first baby. Although he is a phenomenal man, I have recently felt a lack of chemistry in our physical connection. For example, he always finds an excuse not to have sex even before I was pregnant. We are both very emotionally cap- compatible, but the physical aspect has quickly gone away. When I try and discuss with him, all he says is, Babe, it's just pregnancy hormones. And walks away. How should I approach this? Is it normal for the excitement of a physical relationship to vanish? Is pregnancy a detrimental factor in withdrawal from physical activity in a relationship? For reference, I am 29 and he is almost 31. Thanks so much for the podcast. I listen every week. So, um, 
just like anything else, relationships need to be worked at. So the way that we imagine and we look at our careers, we're always doing things to become better, to to get more knowledge, to get more training, to learn from other people, to stay at the top of our game. And we often don't think of relationships in the same way, that they are places where we need to put our attention and prioritize them. And when people first get together, they always put their best foot forward. They put their partner at the top of their list of priorities. They make time for them. They put their best energy out there. And it's not that they're not being themselves. They're just putting out the best version of themselves. Mm -hmm. But over time, people stop doing that. And so then the relationship begins to wither away. And I look at relationships as a place where we can bring, we're going to be triggered by past hurts that we've had, by wounding that we've had, maybe in our family of origin or from previous intimate relationships. And the relationship is the place to work that out with each other so long as we're openly talking and communicating. And so the precursor to having really phenomenal sex is that the couple's emotional communication is really constant and open and builds trust. So when you have that trust and rapport with each other, it's much more easy to keep that sexual simmer going. So for this person, I know that her partner isn't engaging with her when she tries to talk about it, but at some point you have to lay a boundary. Like either we talk about this or we've got serious issues going on. Like there has to be some kind of consequence for refusing to engage with contact with the person. And perhaps enlisting or suggesting that you speak with a counselor or a coach to help you work through whatever's blocking you because people don't, it's not normal that people just don't want to have sex or that people don't talk about things. That means that there's blockages in the space and it's really important to resolve those. The pregnancy, could that be weirding him out? Well, we live in a culture that's very has a lot of taboo around sex. And because of this Christian archetype, this Madonna whore kind of idea, a lot of people have this notion that women are either virgins or they're whores. And to put your person like somewhere in between, like to be pregnant and have a baby and still be sexually voracious is a hard thing for some people to digest because of this conditioning that we've had in our culture. And so, but if she says that this was happening prior to that, then I think there's other things going on and the pregnancy just becomes an excuse. People who are already having issues in their relationship when the pregnancy happens and the children happen, they use that as an excuse for why they're not connecting. Yeah, because I feel like if she was pregnant and that was the first time they were having issues, it could just be like, oh, there's something, you know, maybe with the pregnancy that's freaking him out or something. But the fact that it was happening before, it seems like, like you said, now he can just be like, oh, it's the pregnancy, whatever. Right. So I have a brutal question, yeah. but why would a guy not want to mess around <laughs> with a girl? Like, you know what I mean? His wife. Like, don't is, they want it from yeah. anyone, kind of? I don't know. Hopefully. Well, I don't know. guys can have their own blocks. You know, like we have this mythology in our culture that men are more sexual than women. But what's happened is that women have been conditioned to think that they're less sexual than men. Men are, Women are equally as voracious and libidinous as men are, but we've been taught that we're not. And so most women have a harder time really owning their own sexual desires. Men are taught the opposite. They're taught that it's really normal for them to have sex with anything that moves and to be a player and all these things, that that's really normal for guys. But, you know, men can have their own blocks as well. So if somebody's had a challenging childhood or even men have issues of sexual abuse or people have done things to them and violated their space. And so in an intimate relationship, these things start to bubble up to the surface. And if people don't deal with them, they don't acknowledge them, they don't talk about them openly, then the couple just grows further and further apart. So the key is to try to identify what's going on. Like, is this something that's present right now that's making me feel this way? Is this something from the past that I'm being triggered by and now it's making me feel, uh, you know, reluctant to connect with my partner or afraid on some level? But the key is really trying to dig deep and figure that out. And often people need an outside source to help them do that because they're just they don't really have the skills to figure it out so your your main thing is just making sure that there's an emotional communication before you even focus on the sexual part yes 
I mean, if a couple has, if they're just mildly disconnected, then sometimes sex can actually jumpstart that emotional openness and connection again. But if there's been an ongoing breakdown in the emotional connection, then they definitely need to repair that before they can be feeling comfortable and vulnerable enough to have sex. Because if they're blocked emotionally, then they're preventing themselves from being vulnerable. And you can only really have good, wild, incredible, life-changing, rejuvenating sex when you're feeling vulnerable and open to the person. So that part has to be repaired first. Okay. Kim, what advice would you give to our listeners that maybe aren't married or not having sex um, in ways that they could be intimate with their partner? You mean being intimate without being having intercourse? Exactly. Well, everything leading up to that, like depending on your value system and how, you know, there's lots and lots of space. Like in our world, people minimize foreplay, like even people who are having sex, they tend to spend very little time on the whole body, other parts of the body, other erogenous zones before they dive into penetration. And the whole, you know, I have a background in Taoist and tantric sexual philosophy, and the whole point is to really expand the sexual experience. So there's lots of areas that you can explore and touch. And as you do that, you build more intimacy, more trust with each other so that when you do go into having intercourse, you're much more comfortable and at ease and in yourself. We have a really big kind of value pattern these days of like jumping right into sex. And I don't discourage that from a moral point of view. It's more about like learning to be comfortable with each other, honoring your body, honoring your desires, creating time to really build an emotional bond so that when you do go ahead and take that sexual plunge, you're very connected and stable with each other already. Well, that's kind of always been my thing is that I am waiting for marriage. And there's always the argument of how do you know if you have chemistry, sexual chemistry with someone? But I feel like you can have sexual chemistry with someone without having that oh, sex. Oh, I think 100%. Yeah, yeah I think you I, I think, agree. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I agree that chemistry is, is tangible. Like, you don't have to have intercourse with someone to know if you have chemistry. Like, you feel aroused. You feel attracted. You feel that spark. That, you know, intercourse is just like a sort of final accumulation of that. But you can feel that. Everyone feels that. You know, we feel attracted or we feel not attracted. That's chemistry. Yeah, that's what I've always thought, too. I'm glad to have an expert tell me that my feelings are validated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, I, thank you. Um, we really appreciate it. And like we're, so, we're the opposite of experts. So it was nice to have you on the podcast today. Well, it's my pleasure. And these are great questions that you're asking. All so right. We'll definitely keep you. Them. We'll keep you definitely on hold for when we have more questions that we cannot answer. <laughs> awesome. I'd love to. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks, thanks Kim. Kim. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Um, so I want to talk about um, man crates because I've actually gotten a lot of tweets and messages about yeah. people who have ordered um, gifts for their men. And even though it's not just for men, it can be for the girls, too. And they were very happy customers. They're very happy customers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like especially on Valentine's Day, the guys kind of get the shaft a little bit because they're making the girls happy. But I think this would be such a great gift to give to your guy that seems like personalized and that you put thought into it. Mm -hmm. Um, The girls get flowers and chocolate and the guys should get, if they like flowers and chocolate, they should get that, but they can get beer. They can get a Moscow mule set. They can get a whiskey set. Um, Man crates is basically trying to solve that problem that the guys have on Valentine's day um, by being the only place that you can really find great gifts for them. Mm -hmm. Like if you're, let's say your boyfriend or your husband's a golfer, you can literally get them a man crate that's like specifically made Personalized golf balls. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. I know. So they have classics like the NFL barware crate. They have a whiskey appreciation crate, or they have fresh takes on the traditional Valentine's gifts like the jerky heart or the salami bouquet. That's actually so cute. (laughs) Tawny thinks it's cute. I don't know that I'd be super down with the salami bouquet, but a guy would, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, If you go to mancrates.com, pick the perfect gift and then wait for that magic moment when it arrives the guy gets to pry it open. It's a wooden crate, and he gets to open it with an included crowbar. Also, I would like to just point out Mark's face when you said salami bouquet. I would love a salami bouquet. <laughs> <laughs> Says the man. No That's doubt. why this is man crate. <laughs> yes. It's specifically geared towards man. Send it. I love it. Okay, I'm sending you a Thank giant you. salami bouquet. Be ready for it. And um, 
with the included crowbar, every gift also comes with a complete satisfaction guarantee. Luckily, everyone I've talked to has been completely satisfied. Um, That's actually really cool, too. Like, I like that. Like, if you guys are using the stuff that we're talking about, tweet us and let us know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let us know. I mean, because everything we talk about, we actually go through and kind of make sure that what we're talking about are things that people will like and actually use. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and Ashley, so, Ashley emailed us. I subscribed to FabFitFun because of you. <gasps> I love that. So everything that we tell y'all about, we think it's great. Yeah, and let us know your experience. Yeah. Um, and so for Man Crates, you just need to go to mancrates.com slash Becca for 5% off. They don't offer a discount anywhere else, so you can get 5% off right now at mancrates.com slash Becca. One more time, mancrates.com slash Becca. Um. Speaking of Valentine's Day. Yes. There's mixed reviews on how people feel about this holiday. Some people just thrive. They love it. They love love. They love celebrating love, whether they're single, whether they're married, whether their soulmate is right walking beside them. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. And then there's I people love Valentine's Day. who are just yeah. kind of indifferent about it. Or, or negative. Or negative. I Amy's negative. And I'm, I'm happy. indifferent. I'm totally happy <laughs> and in love, but I don't like it at all. It's awful. I just have never. I don't like. I don't know. I mean, I I remember because last year was like the first time I was in a relationship for Valentine's Day, and I was like, maybe this will just change. Maybe I'll be so excited about it. But it was kind of like, well, of course, Robert went all out. We went on like a wine tasting tour and like a hot air balloon ride, oh, and it was so really you cute. You played like the chess, the like life size chess, right? Was that not chess? What is it? Checkers? Checkers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a great trip. Like we had a lot of fun. But I would have loved it whether it was on Valentine's Day or any other day, you yeah. know. So I think we went to this like super cute air, uh, not Airbnb, but a bed and breakfast. Mm-hmm. And it was like all these older couples and we all woke up and kind of had, bre- we were like separated ourselves because we we're like, this is weird. We're with strangers. But um, I just am like, I don't really put a whole, I'm not like, oh, I'm single and I hate Valentine's Day, but I'm right. also not, there's nothing that great. But this year it should be fun. Super fun. I mean, I'm single and I love Valentine's Day. What are you Day, doing? So Imagine me in a relationship on Valentine's. <laughs> it's like like cookies, it's like flowers. a five year old that just drank a bottle of but Coke. I'm wondering or if you scare the guy. But what are you two doing? Um, we're actually going down to the Children's Hospital in Orange oh. County to do uh, Valentine's stuff with the kids. Yeah, Aww. we're gonna make Valentine's oh, grants. Oh, that's so nice. awesome! Yeah, so I'm actually really excited yeah. this year. <laughs> me too. I can't even be bitter about that. <laughs> um, but f- as far as like the night plans, nothing really. I'm all about Valentine's Day too. Like, yeah. if you don't have a man, that's fine. Get your girls. It's a day of love. Like, how do you like? I love love, and it's like. There's so much just good energy in the air and like. But I'm every day like I want to. I don't need a day. Well, yeah, I, of course. And I don't need that stress and that like, what if I don't do the right thing? What if he doesn't do the right thing? What if nothing happens? What if this happens? What if we forgot? Like I don't need it. I can't handle it. <laughs> I can't handle it right now. So you don't like the pressure of it. I don't like anything about it because it feels forced. But then you shouldn't put any expectation because you know expectation. I'm putting is nothing. the root of all problems. <laughs> is that true? No. Wait, yeah. I need to hear that again. Say that again. Expectation is the root of all problems. Where did you learn that? Because it couldn't be more true. Yeah. I think she just made it up on no. the spot, and no, that was really no. good. Oh, Because my whole philosophy in life is to be open to the possibility, but not <laughs> not attached not attached to the outcome. Because it's these expectations that we always set with every relationship in our lives that really leads to the downfall. Yeah. I think. Happiness happens when you stop expecting yeah. and start accepting. Yeah. Wow, it is turning into a quote day here. <laughs> Say that one one more time so everyone can bring it in. Happiness happens when you stop expecting and start accepting. Yeah. Wow, these are some really good quotes. Amy, they're I, changing the game. <laughs> it, I stand strong on why I hate <laughs> birthdays and Valentine's Day and all of that. Birthdays? Oh, yeah, that's enough. Who hates birthdays? Me. But... <laughs> I like that because I have so many expectations and things in my brain and I get all cuckoo because of it. So that's sometimes you just got to let it. I think that's the thing. I think a lot of people do put a lot of expectations on Valentine's Day. And if you just don't have expectations, like it's like it is just another day. But how beautiful that like you 
you might get flowers or you might yeah. get, you know what I mean? You might get another yeah. text. Here's why I like it, because it kind of forces you to step up when yeah. you get into your routine. Like a married couple gets into a mm-hmm. routine, they're lazy about scheduling date nights, but Valentine's Day, you're it's going like out. Guaranteed. It's yeah. going to happen. See, and if you're in a new yeah. relationship, it forces the guy to step up and it actually tells you a lot about that guy. And to be honest, I used to be like, I remember when I was newly single and it was Valentine's Day, I used to, I was so bitter and I was like, <laughs> and like getting out of that mindset totally has changed the game. I think like, just like being like, just, it's just another day, but it's a day of love. Like, I will make no mention of it and will not care if no mention is made of it. God, I'm just like sending, I'm just going to send Amy like balloons oh. and flowers and hearts. Yeah. And- Pink and red. Yeah, just like fill her apartment. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I'm I'm like more just like, oh, I don't I don't care if I'm not if I'm not with someone, whatever. But I also love love, but I'm kind of with Amy in the sense that like I think it's great to celebrate, you know, it's but I also agree with Mark that when you get in a rut and you're kind of like doing the same thing, it kind of you you're ex you're expected mm-hmm. to step up. Mm-hmm. Like when we're thirty years married, we're gonna really love Valentine's Day, I think. I think. I think so too. Yeah. I'm tw- I'm 15. Yeah. And it's fun. Mm-hmm. Can't wait till that day. This might be a good time to get to know Amy because we have an email that said, "I want to know more about Amy." <laughs> wow. Where does one start? Claire says, "I love <laughs> yours and Tanya's banter. I love it when you guys laugh at each other. I listen to other podcasts that Amy produces, and I want to know more about her. I think she's hilarious. I looked for her on social media, but no luck." <laughs> Who is she? And how do all the Bachelor alumni know her? You know, I, I'm curious about that one myself. This is so amazing, and I'm so happy that we got this email. I love that she looked on social media because I literally could be in the CIA. Like, I don't exist. Yeah. You do exist. You're I just exist, like... You have Facebook. Yeah, but I've never posted anything on it. And I've, oh. I've never done anything on Instagram, uh, except I like all my nieces' posts. That's the only one oh, who gets that's a... that's cute. But you also watch stories. Yeah, I watch. I'm a voyeur. <laughs> I don't. She's sleuth. Yeah. She's a sleuther. Silent, silent stalker. Um, How do you know all the Bachelor people? Because I've been Ryan Seacrest producer for over 20 years. And so we've been working with the show and Chris Harrison almost that whole time. I can't remember what year it started. But you're like friends with all of them. It's not like yeah, a because professional Yeah, I started thing. to realize like, hey, if we all join up, everybody wins. Oh. And here we it's are. A collaborative, winning. a collaborative effort. But we're also friends. She's making it sound oh, no, like strictly a, business. Yeah. We're also but of the bachelor people. Let's say there's been how many? Three hundred. I'm. I consider seven friends. <laughs> I think there's been like three million. There's not three million. How many people are in Bachelor Nation? Although I hate that name. Think you have to think about it. There's 25 seasons and how many This seasons? is just 30? on The Bachelor, though. Oh, yeah, so 25 times 30. Wait, let's all do the math and see what numbers we can Who's using okay. a calculator? Yeah, but there's not? more than 25 on some seasons. So that's seasons. 750. So let's say 1,000 people have been yeah. on the show just okay. to ballpark. Yeah. Wow. That's you know, lot. it used to feel special, but now that we really put <laughs> now that we really put the math together, not as, it's not as exclusive as it used to yeah. feel. Yeah, it's a club anyone can get into. Uh, could you do some emails? Yeah, I love emails. Uh, just for the record, that email also asked about you, right? Yes, Claire asked oh, about yeah. me too. Oh. Which is Please answer, Mark. Don't be like that. I'm also yeah. interested in learning more about Mark. I think it's so funny he's the only guy around you ladies, but feel like he's the voice of reason when you guys have issues or giving advice. All we know about him is that he's married. Well, that's nice, Claire. Thank you for asking. Uh, what do you want to know? I'm married. Amy is my wife. 15 not years me. married. Not <laughs> that Amy. No, clear. different Let's Amy. Together 20 years. Also work for Ryan Seacrest. And that's two uh, kids. Two kids. 11 and 8. What's your sign? Cancer. And yours, Amy? Oh. Aquarius. Okay. And Mark and I are close in age. How old are you? I'm 46. And I'm 44. There so we balance, balance out the young for reference. <laughs> I know. My mom called me and she goes... I love Mark's voice. Like, Aww. I could just listen to him. I was like, I know. I was like, I'm the same way. I'm always like, you read the emails, Mark. Yeah, it's Mark. very, like, calming yeah. yet energetic. <laughs> yeah. That's I nice because I, th- I love Becca's voice because I always hear her <laughs> tweets in my head and her voice, and they're way funnier than yeah. just the text. It's true. <laughs> All right, this is from Nefeli. She has some rapid fire, and I love rapid fire. Me too, I love rapid fire. All right, Becca and Tanya, your relationship is so real and so easy to relate to. With this (laughs) podcast, I feel like I know you more like friends rather than just a fan from afar, and sometimes I'll refer to things you guys talk about as if I was part of the conversation. (laughs) Isn't that sweet? I love that. Number one, what is your opinion on moving in with a significant other? When is a good time to officially move in together? Ooh, 
this is, I've never lived with a significant other, but I always have said that because when you get married, you spend the rest of your, hopefully the rest of your life together. That's the goal. I, my theory is, obviously you kind of want to stay and see how you work together, like on a, you know, maybe stay and see how the morning routine is and stuff. But I want to embrace that time where, because I want it when we move in together to be like, all right, this is it. We're ready. And be like that. My single life left behind. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And I remember reading this blog about this girl and she was just saying like, this time is so special. Like, I love him and I cannot wait to move in with him and be with him every day. But this this is the time now and I'm going to embrace it and like really relish these last few months while I'm um, like not married. Mm-hmm. I loved that. Yeah. I, my, I think for me, ideally, I would like to be engaged and then move in and then get married. Because you're like preparing for, for marriage. Yeah. 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 But I don't know. I feel like a lot of people, I know some couples who have moved in like after a month together. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know it happens really fast. I think it's more of your relationship and how if you like my personality, I don't I like my space. So (laughs) I say if the house is big enough, I'm totally open to it. Yeah, I mean, that's true. If you have like room separate bathrooms, 100 percent a requirement, separate closet. 100%. Well, and when you're when you're spending the night at each other's places every day, it seems silly to be paying two rents. It does seem silly. Totally. I do see the economic advantage of it, but I don't think that should be the reason. This just made me think of something. I have to tell you these guys this. Oh my god, I might be able to solve all your relationship problems. So I met this woman, and I could probably track her down. You know your house. Think about your houses right now. In your closet and in your dresser. Do you have any space for anyone else? Like, if you had somebody right now yes. and they came with their suitcase, could they unpack it at your house? Yes. Not a chance. Yeah. <laughs> that That is totally your problem. I need to track this woman down. Well, Tanya, yes. you actually leave space for- I leave uh, space for my boyfriend. I sleep on one side of my bed. I have an entire shelf in my closet ready for him. I have a drawer open for <laughs> That's him. That's great. That's great. Great, great, because, great. Yeah. I literally made space for, for, my, for my future husband. Yeah. So whenever he's ready, Tim, there's, a, there's lots <laughs> no, of space for you at the house. I'm tracking down this woman who told me about this, and she will tell you a story, and you will go, wow. It might be next week because it's going to take me a minute, but continue. Nefeli, number two, what's your opinion on sharing a bank account? I've heard of some couples not sharing a bank account. My parents share one. I plan to have a joint account. When should you start sharing a bank account? Mm. Oh. Never. I don't know. I'm. This one is... I'll, go, I'll take this one. Yeah, take it. Um, Let me think I, on it. Let me think on yeah. it. I think um, I think you should start sharing, sharing an account after you get married. I also think you should both keep your separate accounts. So I think you have a shared account and your own separate account. Totally depends on age, what you come in with, what you got going on, what the situation is, because that could turn into a big old confusing mess. Not having anything to do with, like, you're not going to be together. It can just be a confusing mess. Yeah. But I, mean, I think that's cynical. I think that's only going to happen if you break up. Like when Amy yeah. and I got got married, we j- joint bank account. and Oh, my God. I, I would never break up and we could still be like, wait, what is that for? What's that? It's all mixed up and jumbly and blah. But it all comes from one pot. It keeps it as simple as possible. It's when yeah. you have separate accounts. That's when it gets confusing. That's when it's like, oh, I need your half of the electricity bill. Really? We've been oh, married no, for 12 we're not years. Gonna, we're not going to like come down to $18. What I'm saying is like, if there's enough money, it all depends on how much money you have. Hmm. That's what it comes down to. I think if you're new, like, my thing is if you're, if you get married and you're both just, like, struggling to make ends meet or, you know, you're, you're like, okay, I'm paying half and I'm paying half or whatever. I don't, I don't think it's terrible to have a joint account. I also think if you're in a place where you can have, like, have a together account and then each have your own if you want it, that would be the most ideal, personally. Yeah, that's the move. All right, she would also like Becca's to know. right, by the way. That's a good answer because it totally depends on the situation. Yeah. Uh, if there's anything about your future wedding you've imagined. For example, Nefeli says, the only thing I've really thought about is the location because I want to get married at the same church I was baptized in in Greece. Well, that's a major plan, I hope, yeah. and hopefully your future fiance is cool with that. But yeah. have you pictured anything about your future wedding? I've never been someone who like pictured my wedding, but but Shocker. this is what I'll say. Yeah, no one's surprised by that. But I have always wanted more of like a destination type wedding where like my closest friends and family come, and then have like a huge party when I get back and ever like invite everyone. Mm-hmm. 
because I don't I don't see myself in like a traditional church wedding. I see it more like a very intimate, like beautiful place with my closest friends and family. Hmm. I've definitely envisioned my wedding. She's booked a hall <laughs> yeah, every I year. I think Tanya the... bought her dress yeah. recently. <laughs> um, I uh, but what's interesting is I used to like know every little detail that I wanted about my wedding, and I um in my newfound wisdom and not setting expectations on anything like now I like I try to visualize my wedding and I just see a blank slate because I want it to be a collaborative effort because I don't know who my husband's going to be and I want it to be like a joint thing you know if something's right. really important to him I want to be able to do that so it's like really crazy because now like maybe five years ago if I would have closed my eyes I could tell you exactly like where we were getting married what it looked like what the bridesmaid dresses were like I literally could envision the whole thing and now it's just like a blank screen hmm. it's the weirdest thing isn't that weird? Because now you're like, oh, I can, it's going to matter what he wants. A hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. With I mean, if my husband, if my fiance or whoever I end up with is like, I want a church wedding, then right. obviously we'll have to, you know, compromise. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This is one from Jen. Jen says, hey guys, love y'all so much. It's been great getting to know y'all. And I love hearing this podcast every week. All right, she's, there's a guy she's been friends with for about two years. They met through mutual friends at an instant connection, started seeing each other. About two months ago, he ended things because he was just getting out of a two-year relationship. He said he needed time. Mm. We stayed friends the whole time, saw other people. About two months ago, he came to me, said if I would give him another chance, he wanted a date, and now he's officially my boyfriend. Okay, good. Towards the end of our time off period, I started seeing my best guy friend. It was nothing serious. Most of my friends don't even know about it. He's got a new girlfriend now. I've got a new boyfriend. But do I need to tell my boyfriend that I hooked up with my best guy friend? They've met. Everything seems fine there. But should I say something? For reference, we're 25. This is so Ross and Rachel. Oh, with Joey? Yeah. No. We were on a break. Oh, oh. Yeah, but this is different because they're, this is more like Ross, Rachel, Joey. Kind of. But reverse. What if Um, she tried asking the guy, how much should we tell each other about our past or should we just move forward? And that way he's telling her, yes, I want to know or I don't want to know. I don't know. I just came to me. I don't know. if It might be terrible. (laughs) I think in my honest opinion i think that honesty will win in this situation i think you tell him if you're gonna be with this guy for the rest of your life like it's you know like he's gonna know eventually i think i mean my thing is there were things that robert and i discussed that it wasn't that he was lying to me but it it was stuff that like i would have liked to know even though i didn't ask him about it and so I personally think you should sit down and tell him just yeah, so that because every time every time he's going to be around him, like not knowing. And then if he just happened to find out somehow, that's, that's that is where things get messy. I prefer yeah. ignorance is bliss. That's why I'm saying ask him what he wants to know, because if someone asked me, I'd be like nothing. I want to know nothing. I never want to know. But if the boyfriend finds out one day that yeah, Jake, who's over here at the so house bad. all the time and your best friend that you used to hook up. I'd be furious because you're keeping that information from me. I also think, like, what a beautiful relationship if you're just completely transparent with each other. You know, like, that's such a yeah. great foundation to and, have. Why wouldn't you want to have a strong foundation? And oh. no one did anything wrong. Like, it was like they right. weren't together. He needed the time, and she. Cl- like, you and know. if you think back on your relationship, uh-huh. had he been just open and it honest, wouldn't have it would have. That's the thing. It wouldn't have even been a big deal because totally. we weren't yeah. together. Tanya's yeah. yeah. argument there. Very convincing because it actually just made me want to change my mind. (laughs) So for everyone listening, that was pretty solid because now I'm like, oh, I guess I could go that route and just say, give it, lay it on me. Yeah. Yeah. Because what's the worst that happens? He says, okay, then I don't want to be with you. Then it wasn't meant to be. Well, if that's a deal breaker, then it would have been a, it would have been a much bigger deal if he found out later on. Yeah. All right, this one I think Tanya can really relate to, so I think you'll be able to give some advice to Melissa. Okay. I've been in an on and off relationship for two years now. We dated for about a year, then we decided that we needed to figure out where the relationship was going. At that point, we were fairly serious, but hadn't spent much time with each other's families. We decided to spend some more time with them before deciding whether or not to get married. A couple of weeks later, after spending the day with his family, he ended things with me, saying that while he loved me, he didn't think we were the best possible match for each other. Mm. I was devastated. For the next eight months, though, he would talk to me every day, tell me he loved me, 
and we'd uncommittedly see each other throughout the week, making it impossible for me to actually see anybody else or develop feelings. I had my suspicions his family didn't think I was a good fit for him and that he's been torn between his feelings for me and feeling like he needs to please his family. Well, he recently told me it was, in fact, his family. Mm. They have strong reservations against him being with me. He understands their points that his family is making with our different personalities, and he's always had the same idea in his head for a future wife for himself as his family does. Mm. So now he's trying to decide, blah, blah, blah. So her question is, do I tell him to hurry and make a decision? I have self-respect. It shouldn't be this complicated. Or do I be patient because in the meantime, I'm dating, I'm living life. I do want to be with him. For reference, we're both 24, which I know is young, but I'm from Utah, and it's our culture to marry young. That is Melissa. No, Melissa, it's not good. I'm just saying right now, this is going to be your internal battle for the rest of your life. Yeah, because if you Always. marry him, the family Always. may never accept and you. And like clearly the family's very involved. It's not like they're they're going to back off at any point. And then what's your next step? Your guys are going to maybe buy a home together, and his parents want him to live in a two-bedroom, <laughs> or you want to live in a one-bedroom, whatever. Whatever the big decision is, you guys have kids, and you don't know whether to circumcise them or not, or whatever. I mean, I went, like, far down that's a the great, path. But that's a great yeah. one, actually. But the parents are always going to have one opinion, and he's always going to side with them. Except. And it's not great. So my parents eloped when my mom was, like, 19. My dad was in law school, and he was moving to Washington, D.C. to work at the Pentagon. And my grandparents, wow. my mom's parents, disowned her. They, like, were... They didn't speak to my mom. They were, like, so mad, upset. I don't know what all the details. So my dad's parents really, like, took my mom. They paid for her college. They, like, completely raised her from 19 to whatever, 20-something. And then when my brother was born, uh, my grandparents, my mom's parents fully came back. They were, like, everybody forgave everybody. And they were, like, the best grandparents you could ever imagine, all four of mine. So, like... Oh, wow. I'm just That's saying. They could come around is what you're saying? I think when my brother was born, they suddenly realized, like, oh, my God, what were we thinking? And they loved my dad. So it was, like, really kind of crazy. But, like, they literally did not speak to my mom for years. Hmm. So I don't know. Like, maybe so I, this person should just. But I think also your dad knew from the bat like he was like i'm gonna take you whether your family wants it or not like Correct. this guy seems very wishy-washy and it Correct. seems like he's like kind yeah. of leaning more with like the family and that's yeah always gonna be... i was gonna say i feel like if he was more like well i want you and, and I it's care. gonna be rough yeah. like if they don't agree but like you're who i want it'd be more like concrete but it seems like what is she always gonna be battling him and the parents right. without right. having him on her side? At least my mom and dad were on the same yeah. thing, and my yeah. other grandparents were fully supportive of my mom and dad. But then my other grandparents, I mean, they were like in my life every day, so they fully came yeah. back and they completely changed their minds on my dad. Plus, he's twenty four. Especially these days, you're really still kind of close. Maybe even living with your family when you're 24. They're paying for certain bills and stuff. Mm-hmm. 34, he may have cut that cord a little yeah. bit. But my gut is Tanya's. Yeah. He's they're very clearly very involved, very controlling. He's clearly very affected by them, and that's going to be an issue forever. Yeah. yeah. And Tanya may or may not have been through this before. Yeah, I've lived it. Oh, the struggle. The Tanya's our new relationship expert. I don't know why. I just keep seeing this paper in my in the hashtag things all the time. Yeah. My vagina is like. <laughs> Here's another part of the body. Oh, the face. Yeah. Another another organ. Yeah. <laughs> is the face an organ? Yeah. Well, the skin's an organ. Oh. It's the biggest organ. On the body. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, so speaking of skin, I want to talk about BioClarity. I've gotten we've gotten a few tweets about people using BioClarity and That's loving right. it. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you get BioClarity, let us know. And um, I was gonna say my skin right now is very dry. Everything just my face. <laughs> Tony's looking at my hands. <laughs> my skin on my face is very dry, and um, especially with traveling and stuff, it really messes it up. But I love BioClarity because it's no harsh chemicals. It's vegan. It's cruelty, animal cruelty free. Yeah, it's cruelty free. Um, It's 100% vegan and cruelty free. Um, It comes with three step system. So you have the cleanse, 
Um, you have a treatment and then you have a restore gel mm. and all of it is very clean and light and doesn't feel too heavy on your skin. You can use it twice daily without worrying about excess irritation. Um, it's delivered straight to you so you don't have to go to the store. Convenient. Don't have to leave your house. Nice. The dream. And it's super easy to use. Um, if you want to start the new year, which we're already into February. I felt like January lasted a very long time, but yeah. we made it to February. Yeah. Chapter <laughs> still one the was new good, year. though. I like chapter one. Yeah, it was good. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if you want to start chapter two with some clear skin, <laughs> with a healthy habit and get uh, glowing clear skin, go to bioclarity.com. And my listeners will get their first month for only $9.95 plus free shipping. So that's a $20 savings, and it comes with a 100% risk-free money-back money guarantee. guarantee. But you have to enter my code BECCA. So once again, that's bioclarity.com. Enter code BECCA. BECCA. Um, I don't know if you saw the moon the other night. It was oh, pretty I? great. I know this is all your... You love that stuff. Yeah. But... um. I'm always intrigued. I don't know, like, the horoscopes and Zodiac and all that stuff. I don't... You're way more into it than I am, but... I'm surprised you didn't see it, because it was when you landed back from I did Hawaii. see it. Oh, yeah, okay, I did okay. see it. Yeah, we landed, and it was, like... Um, it, it was actually really cool, because I very rarely see these special things, because I'm, like, I'd rather sleep. Yeah. But it was cool to see it. I was like, this is awesome. And so, we have an expert on the line, uh, Lisa Veit, who is a psychic, and she's going to kind of tell us what she thinks about the moon and what it means for us or how it influences our uh-huh. lives affects us uh lisa are you on the line i am hi how are you guys? great how are you i'm good are you guys experiencing a moon hangover yeah super moon <laughs> hangover but it also could have been the cocktails i had at dinner last night <laughs> um but that just amplified it yeah, yeah. Exactly. so um tanya is super into signs and you know the stars aligning and all of that <laughs> and i'm yeah. kind of a little more clueless about it but i am in, interested to know how does something like the moon that we recently had like how does it affect our lives right now Okay, so the the moon we had was just like one of those super rare. It was actually a super blue blood full moon eclipse, which mm-hmm. is just like absolutely ridiculous on all on all levels. Um, there was like a, a a massive energy of releasing and letting go of things that don't serve you anymore, like people with feelings of unworthiness and stress about money and insecurities and fear and past pain. It's like a time to just say goodbye to all of that. Mm-hmm. And be- because of that kind of a release that the moon has the ability to do that, it, it starts to strengthen and deepen our current and our future relationships. So it really gives us like this whole new depth and like it pulls away the layers. Um, but that can be painful sometimes. Like that's intense energy and that, that opens up a lot of, you know, rips off the scab sometimes. Yeah. So sometimes during these kind of, uh, moments with these really rare moons, the energy is a lot more intense. Have you been feeling any intense energy, Becca? I, well, I was just going to say, I mean, I feel like my relationship ended a while back, but recently okay. I've kind of been feeling like I'm, I've had a hard time let, letting go. And Right. Yeah. Right. But do you see what the, the difference is, is that what the moon does is that it actually makes you aware that you're having a tr- like trouble letting it go mm-hmm. rather than before we're just unconscious of it. Like it just sort of, you're not really as heightened into, into the awareness of what, you know, and they're holding on to stuff and there's unconscious reasons to, you know, not being fully able to let it go. And yeah. then the moon kind of comes in and aligns with us and, and it's able to let it go. The thing about the moon that I love for people to understand is that every day of the moon matters. And if we actually just aligned with it and we actually just kind of followed the cycle of the moon that's when we maximize, you know, our potential and like to power to, to really manifesting our desires and letting go of everything that doesn't serve us. So we are in this time where it's kind of like the heightened awareness is actually what's more painful. It's like the awareness of why are you still holding on and why can't you let go? That's what's louder. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, Tanya, what were you saying you were looking at? Well, so I was reading about, because I was reading about each, like, specific sign. And I know it just depends on, like, where the the moon is, like, in which house. And that depends on your sign or whatever. But I'm a cancer. And I was reading up about the effects it has on cancers. And it was really weirdly spot on because it was talking about my career. And it was all about how I'm going to have a little bit of um, a shift in more responsibility in my career life, Mm. which is really Mm. happening for me in about, like... April, May. And yeah. it's, it was like, you really need to hone in and um, like get your, you know, really get, get back to your craft and become a, like a student again. You've been doing this for a while, but now you're about to have like a whole new layer put on. And it's like, it was so yeah. real that it was like scary. Yeah. Yeah, there's this doorway that opens up right now into the future. So when you're able to be heightened awareness of, of the things that are holding you back, then there's this doorway into your future. If you pay attention, it'll, it'll really, help you to receive some serious clarity and awareness about what next steps to take. And then for you as a cancer as well, you're already ruled by the moon. That's your planet that rules you. Mm-hmm. So you've got to be able to, like, you're having all the feels. I'm sure you're just like the emotion of always of <laughs> move, moving into stuff. And can I just add, like, if I can just babble about something that I always want to throw out there um, for everybody is, you know, women especially, and if there's men listening, like, pay attention because this is gold, like, to understanding your girl. But for women, like, we have to understand that we, all of us really are, the moon is a feminine energy. Like, the sun comes up every day, and it shines all day long, and it's always there, and it's a constant. And that cosmically is the energy of masculine energy. And the moon is completely all of this it's complete feminine energy. And what that means is if you look at our lives as women, we are, we're never the same. Every single day is a different kind of a phase. We go through cycles our whole life. We go through puberty and then we go through, you know, a bir- going through a nine month pregnancy process and then giving birth. And then we go through menopause and then we have a cycle once a month. We have a monthly cycle and the moon is exactly the same. It's the same exact energy. It's this cyclical, beautiful, one day you're this, one day you're that. And that's the essence of being a girl is that we're never the same. So when my clients come to me who are primarily women and, you know, they say, I'm so mad about the way I was or blah, 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 blah. And this instance happened and I can't hear. I'm, fo- I'm focused on this. I immediately start aligning them with the cycles of the moon and getting them to do these little pay attention to you know, how you feel in a full moon, like on a full moon, I always feel lower and darker. And like, I have to kind of nurture myself and really just give myself some love and quiet and keep myself away from people. And then when it's a new moon, and it's all about creating and manifesting and what is your desire? I'm like sexy dancing all over the house. And like, you know, my whole inner goddess is is coming out. I'm spraying like I have a dragon's blood oil that I make. And it's spraying it all over my body. And, and so we, if we were to use the moon for us, especially as women, it is like you are guaranteed to maximize the power of manifesting whatever it is that you're desiring in your life. And then also knowing those times where you're like, don't make decisions. Don't do, you know, don't do this right now. Don't go out and be in public in, in this time. It's kind of a really beautiful, um, way of looking at things, you know, from a higher perspective and from a, like an ascended and expanded point of view. Yeah. yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Very interesting. Yeah. Well, thank, yeah. Thank you so much, Lisa. I love that so much. Cause I'm a big, I, I love moon stuff. <laughs> I know. And you know what it is? It's like my, I have, um, my primarily in my business, what I do is I have this ability to see and speak with angels which is really interesting for people. They always get into it. And so during that hour session, they're, I'm giving them this basically, uh, you know, using my psychology and the, my counseling background, but also having this like divine presence come in and speak to you. And it's very badass. That's like such a cool thing to do, but it's not the angel specifically that is helping people. And it's the same with the moon. It's the fact that you're seeing your life from above. You're seeing it from this like ascended and beautiful higher realm where all is possible. So if you're following the moon, like on a day-to-day basis, just for fun, you know what I mean? Just to play with it and experiment with that, that feminine essence, 
that is literally reflecting yourself, then you have this ability to, you know, you're, you're, hot, you're constantly pulled up. The moon is ascended. The moon is powerful. The moon is, is still and beautiful and shining and perfect. And even when it's a crescent, you know, it's still there. It's still present. And that's what keeps us in that, that cosmic space. So you can tell that I'm highly, highly excited yeah, <laughs> about, about people understanding the moon. It's really, it really can get you to see the, like the magic and your purpose in life and your, you know, feel that divine presence and like totally immerse yourself in your divine femininity as well. Yes. And we will be doing that tonight while we're watching Grey's Anatomy. Thank you so much, Lisa, <laughs> yes, for calling will. in. All right, you guys have a great one. Thank you. Too. you too. Bye. Bye. See you soon. Bye. All I have to say is wait till next week when we cleanse your aura. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Great. Is she doing it? No, I've got a okay. different okay. expert to cleanse your aura. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. <laughs> that was a lot. That was a lot. <laughs> we have, like, vaginal weightlifters and <laughs> moon angel talkers. <laughs> You gotta embrace oh, I gotta, it. You gotta embrace I know, it. I gotta really, I gotta get it together before I can. No, wrap don't this keep up. going. It's too, it's so good. <laughs> but that... I do find it very interesting what she said about how the moon is like heightening a little bit of your um, you, like you're feeling you're not. I mean, I'm, I'm an emotional person every single day of my life, twenty four seven. I cry, I wait, I, you know, whatever. But you are not, Becca. I don't. I mean, yeah. You're I not. don't know. I mean, then you've been more emotional. I, feel I like. know. The but most interesting is that stuff's coming up for you. That fascinates. Me. I just feel like I, I don't know. I'm. I've always been a little weird about like, do I believe in all that stuff? But I do. There are certain things that I read or like that are so applicable to oh, my life. You're that, such a Scorpio. It's like weird. You said I'm not. You were like. Ellen Pompeo is a Scorpio through and through, and you're not. You're there an are exception. lots of you that are very Scorpio esque, but I feel like you're a cusp Scorpio because there's a lot of you that's very gentle and sweet and kind, which isn't oh. totally a Scorpio. But there's a lot of you that's Scorpio. What if a more traditional therapist kind of dug into why your stuff's coming up now? Yeah, get a traditional therapist. I would on like here. to see that because I'll they'll do a ask, podcast therapy session. Let's do that because I want to. I'm going to do that next week because I want to have them dig into what what's down there because there's stuff down there because becca is shockingly deep she just doesn't let it come out too much yeah i'm a i hold it all in like a closet full of well what's been going on well nothing i'm just saying oh, she's, saying, she's admitted it to us a couple times now that stuff about i don't know if you say his name or not her yeah i feel like people know robert people know stuff about robert is coming up and i can't remember if she told me this in private or on the air so i forgive me because i'm going to reveal it she texted him. I think you said it on the air. Oh, yeah, you said oh, it on yeah, the yeah, because he didn't respond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's really, you're feeling things. So that could be a good sign. I, I'm not a therapist, but in my opinion, I think it's good. We'll find out next week. Yeah, I'm interested. Um, right now, we're going to go have food because CPK dropped off lunch for us today. Well, oh, that's and so nice. you're getting your new oh, car. And I'm getting my new car. I'm getting a new Infinity. That's exciting. I'm so excited. I've been waiting on this. Do you want to drive like us to the sauna later? Actually, yeah, maybe. Okay, cool. yeah. Um, Wait, what color is your car? It's red. And is it, what is it? Um, it's the Q60, and it's red, and it's like the cutest car ever. Tanya, you're going to name it? Yeah, but like, I can't name it until I see it. It's okay. like you can't name a baby before it's born. She's naming my car? Many people do Wait, name uh, babies before they're she's born. She's naming my car? Yes. It's a, no? I didn't, it's we a haven't talked have. about this. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, yeah, we're gonna have to. We'll discuss this off air. Um, thank you to sex expert Kim Anami for making us all very uncomfortable, and <laughs> I'm glad that no one could see us blushing. But <laughs> there was a lot of that happening. Um, be careful with what you lift. Um, thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Lisa Veit, for enlightening all of us with your knowledge of the moon. Mm -hmm. And thank you for listening, everybody. Let us know what's happening in your life. We will give you the hard-hitting advice that we like to share. Um, we love your emails, so keep sending them in. You can send them at scrubbingin at iheartmedia.com. And until next week, you want to call it? I'm so sad. Time of death. 107 p.m. No! Oh! <laughs> Thirteen oh seven. I'm not a doctor. Oh, like we got.
gotta be more professional I than know. this. I know. 